Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 278. Yeah. Another incredible update episode. Yeah, 278 episodes in the bank. And we love our update episodes because we get to kind of talk about what's going on in uh, our reselling journey, what's going on in the reselling world at large, uh, give some sweet bolos. And uh, yeah, so it's just always nice to do these updates. It's good because it helps us reflect on, you know, you call me out when I fail and that's good. Yeah. And I, I think, but we don't, you know, it. I will say reselling, it's really hard to <laughs> fail as long as like you do your research, right? That, that's the one yeah. thing I will say about the side hustle. It's not like going private label on Amazon. I mean, when we say reselling, we're talking about like secondary goods. Mm-hmm. Like, so I encourage you if you're new and you're like, ah, man, I'm, I'm struggling. You'll, you'll eventually get to that place where you know what to look for. And then you're just going to expand your knowledge and then, you know, you're going to be rolling, not not in the dough, but you, you'll be rolling in the knowledge of what to pick up. You'll be rolling in death piles for sure. One way or another. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that is one nice thing about reselling is you need to explain death piles to the new list. <laughs> well, you know, they're like death piles. What is that? Yeah. It's, it's when you buy something to list and then, you know, months years it decades could be, it later could be years i don't know about decades you're uh, it could be you years. still have that pile of stuff that you're gonna list but you know you never stop sourcing because that's the fun part uh but yeah eventually you know we all have stuff that we've been meaning to list and we'll get around to it eventually it becomes that that uh that monkey on our back as it were of like just kind of or 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 the clutter in the corner and you cover it up so you don't have to see it uh but yeah. So the nice thing with the reselling is you're going to make money. Now the question just becomes how much work and effort you put into how much your return is going to be. And when you're first starting out, a lot of times you put in a lot of effort because you're learning um, and the returns are okay. Uh, but you're putting in a lot of work for maybe unless you get really lucky or, or you know a niche really well. But as you progress in reselling, you can kind of lower the amount of intense labor and the amount of time oh, yeah. you spend sourcing and your profits go up. But even if you're in a dry season, uh, you're 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 still able to make profit. You just have to potentially put in more hours for the same profit you were making a couple months ago with you know a little bit less work. But the profit's always there if you're willing to put in the work. Uh, and it, it is hard to fail because yeah, I mean I just think of of things that you list and there's for every twenty items that I'm just throwing a number out there, you might have that one item that's a fail where mm-hmm. you bought it and you found a, some damage on it or it gets returned and then by the time you get it back like you've lost money on shipping or, you know, you're going to have, yep, you're, you're going to have a couple of fails, but I always think back to, I don't remember which one of, I think it might've been rich dad, poor dad, but one of the the books that we read for our level up review uh, was the idea of, okay, if you're doing investments, say you do 10 investments, you need one home run. You can have a couple of failures. And if the other seven that you do kind of just break even, you still come out on top, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that home run ends up, covering the couple of minor losses. Maybe you lose a little bit on a couple of investments. You break even or make a little bit of money on a bunch of them. And then the one or two that are like, boom, this one did it. And so that's kind of how reselling can be sometimes where, you know, it's hard to to do less than at least breaking even. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. So speaking of all that, uh, how, how are you doing? Are, are you breaking even? Yeah. I mean, sales, are, I feel like sales are finally starting to pick back up. A um, couple of weird updates. So one thing. So remember a couple of episodes ago, I talked about the uh, that fraud email that I got. Oh, that's right. The the phishing email. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't a fraud. It was legitimate. How did you find that out? Well, I finally ended up going on on the eBay app and seeing like, oh wait a minute, there's this there is a notification on here about like like needing funds or whatever. And so 
then I, I, actually what what triggered me to, to pay closer attention to it was I got an email. I've started getting emails of like, your item didn't sell. Your item didn't sell. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, we don't get those emails. And so I look it up and it's like, relist this item for, and I'm like, why is it like wanting me to relist it? So I went in to manually relist an item and it's like, you can no longer relist items until you make your account up to date. Oh. And so it was the most bizarre thing because our account is connected to our bank account. Whenever we get money through eBay, it's set to pay out daily. Mm-hmm. And we went like a couple of days without having like, I think it was like a big refund. So we didn't have enough money come in that day to cover the refund, but that's never been an issue because it just takes it out of our bank account yeah, or yeah. PayPal, whichever it was connected to, but it's connected to our bank account. And for whatever reason, because I ended up having to call customer service and, and get it resolved. For whatever reason, the guy was like, "I this is bizarre. It's weird because you have a payment already set up. Like it should come out. He goes, what I think probably happened is the one time they tried to run it, there was a glitch in the system and it didn't go through for whatever reason. And it basically got locked in. So even when we got more funds or it, they never tried to like rerun it, it was just like your account is is like past due. And it was just like a weird thing. So anyways, I called him. I was like, what's going on with this? And he's like, you know what? Let me just like refresh the system. It'll take it out of your payment. It'll make the payment right now. And then you'll be good to go. Because yeah, we've had sales since then, but it's almost as if like that number was like locked in as if we owed it and they couldn't get it from us. So long story short, we had like a whole bunch of items that ended up like not relisting automatically. I had to relist them, which isn't that hard because you just do sell similar, you know? And it was nice because I almost feel like that started to trigger the algorithm again. Because all of a sudden I've got like 100 items that I'm relisting because the system got had a glitch. But I'm like, oh man, I'm starting to get some sales coming in. So it, it might have ended up working out in our favor, that that whole, you know, debacle. But uh, yeah, so I guess long story short, what I thought was a scam email from a fake eBay ended up being legitimate. So pay attention uh, because, I mean, I'll be honest, eBay's system, it's not perfect I mean, oh, it's still it's, antiquated it, it, yeah. so i'll give i'll give an example uh, and we'll get back to our updates but the other day I, okay you know how people talk about like drunk text mm. do you know what that is yeah. like you know like they text like their ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend while you know and and <laughs> i'm not saying i do i don't drink at all uh but uh i do i you know i i do sometimes go on my phone when i'm barely awake right like i wake up in the middle of the night and i get an offer so i got an offer in the middle of the night and you responded, I love you. <laughs> no, I, I was kind of scared because I don't know what I responded. All I know is that it was a nice offer. It was like $130 for like a Hot Wheel. And I'm like, all right, you know, I only paid five bucks for it. So I thought I accepted it, right? You know, hours later, I wake up and I look at my phone and I'm waiting to see if the person paid and it's there's no like sales. I'm like, what? What happened? So I go to my messages. They sent me a $130 offer. I countered with a $130 offer. Not even I, I like how did Instead that instead of accepting it? So it, what what's scary is I don't know, you know, usually I send a message with that. Mm. Like I don't know, you can't look up what you sent. Mm. Right? I have no idea. I could have said I love you. I could have you could have said like been, <laughs> quit lowballing me and yeah. offer the same. <laughs> I, I mean I could have said anything. And on top of that, I try to contact the person through like you can't contact them via offers right you have to i had to go to the desktop and then i kept clicking on their username and their username would send me to that you know that page where the kid like the hoods over his Uh face is like you know we sorry but we can't help you or whatever and then you know there's this other page in their shipping policies where i was trying to change my shipping addresses because uh, I forgot that I I moved and I was getting some returns that were showing up to a previous appeal box that I had 
And I click on that and it sends me to that page. No, it didn't even send me that page. It sent me to like Seller Hub. And so, yeah, eBay has, there, there's a lot of, there's just like a, like a lot of brokenness here and there. And, and you just, I, I get what you're saying because you get those links sometimes and you, you click on them. And then, it, for example, one of the most annoying ones is when eBay sends you something and they want you to click on it and then you click on it and it doesn't take you to the app. It takes you to the desktop and then ask you for your password all over again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like, I don't understand. So anyways, all right. And what was your other, you said you had another random thing and updates. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, okay. So here's another like update and this, I can, I, I I'm throwing this out to the listeners. I'm, I'm asking for listener support on this one. So let us know in the comments below if you got an answer to this, maybe Rolando, you have an answer. Uh, but okay. My wife used to babysit for a very wealthy couple and they gave her several gifts, you know, like they gave her a Louis Vuitton purse at one point that, and we actually sold that on, on eBay. Um, they gave her like really nice set of knives. They gave her, um, just all kinds of really nice things. Well, they had, and, and I'm talking like these, this couple is just beyond wealthy, like ridiculously wealthy. She was their nanny, um, when she was in college and they had in their house a, like big, a really large Thomas Kincaid painting, mm-hmm. like legitimate Thomas Kincaid, like signed all that stuff. Legitimate, not, not a, not a, like one of the prints like copies, but like he painted it. Right. Wow. And it just didn't fit their decoration or their decor anymore. And they, they were constantly buying new furniture and new stuff. And they were very generous people with their money in the sense of, um, they would, they'd find people and they would give it to people like that went to church with them or to, to people that worked for them or like her, the nanny. And so they were like, Hey, you know, your parents, they, they like my wife's parents are like this. This seems like this would kind of fit their personality. Would they like this? And so my wife was like, sure, we'll take this. So my in-laws have this really big Thomas Kincaid painting nice. and my in-laws are, they save everything, man. I, I, I love, I love the, the, the stuff that they save. Like to give you an example, if, if they have like a little heater in their house, like a, like a propane heater, gas heater thing. And if it goes bad and I'm like, oh, well, I guess, you know, we could buy a new one or maybe find a part. They're like, oh, well, we, we've got the manual or we've got the warranty. We've got, we bought this 25 years ago, but they have a folder that has like every warranty and every bind, nice. like every every hand manual, all that stuff from everything they've ever bought. They've got it all organized. But for some reason, because the Thomas Kincaid had the you know certificate of authenticity with it, like normal people, I think, like tape it on the back of the painting. Uh, they filed it away somewhere and they can't find it right now. And they're wanting to sell the painting because they don't have like it doesn't. The house is too small for it. It's a big painting. So the question that what I'm reaching out for is. What is the process and has anybody sold like legitimate art, like not small pieces of, you know, like, you know, we've, we've done, you know, mugs that are like made by artists and things like that, but like a really big painting. Like, what is the process? Like, is eBay the place? Is there another site? Is it local art dealers? Like, and without having the certificate of authenticity, I'm sure, I mean, with enough time, we could probably find it. But is there, you know, could we go to an art dealer? Has anybody had to get something uh, authenticated? And I'm just curious what the process is and where people have had success if they've sold big pieces of art like that. So let us know in the comments below uh, if you're if you have any knowledge or experience with that. My wife was like, ask the listeners. They might know. So. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, it, I it depends how do you do you have an estimate of what do you think it's worth? No clue. And it, I mean, we need to get it evaluated, but you get it appraised. Yep. 
I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, Scavenger Life, the other reselling podcast is no longer with us, which I hope they come back one day. And the way you said that was very dark. <laughs> Sorry. They're no longer with us. <laughs> no, they're, they're around. They, but they, they had mentioned before how they would go to, uh, you know, they'd get some because they would pick up like art stuff mm-hmm. every once in a while and they'd go to an appraiser. And then what they saw was the appraiser in the back Googling the painting and they came to the conclusion that unless it's you know something ultra rare unique that most of the appraising you can do on your own Mm. by going and googling and finding similar paintings and so on uh but you know i i I don't know you know that that's a tough one you could go to like an auction house and sometimes auction houses will appraise it for you you know uh, but uh, that's that's the only feedback I have for you. I'm sure our listeners have more information than I do. Uh, but, you know, at the at the same time, I remember one of the things that they always talk and there's there's a lot of wealth. And in, in what they said was there's a point where th- you got you just need to stop researching and you just need to list it. Right. Because you may never come to that number because art is very subjective. Mm-hmm. Right. It may be a thousand dollar painting and you put it in auction and it might not ever meet the reserve or you put it for a thousand, it might go up to 10,000. Right. So, and, and that's the hard thing with reselling when it comes to like art and collectibles that you can't find comps is that you always go like, wow, what am I missing out on? And sometimes I feel like you just gotta, just gotta listen and move on. So I hope they find that. I would, I would just spend like eight hours looking for that COA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we might need to. I mean, if they organize the way they did, I'm sure it's... Well, I mean, what I'm saying is they they keep everything, but like the organization, it's not like the Dewey Decimal System. It's not an alphabetical. It's oh, just it's like... like the old index it's, card. It's, it's like, you know, this folder in this desk has all of the like appliance stuff, but some of the appliance stuff is in this other folder in this uh, other desk. Okay. And then under the bed is a, a box of paper. So it's organized in the sense of it's all kept. And it's like semi-organized, but uh, it could be in a number of places. So it might be a while to find it. Um, hopefully it didn't like go out with something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we could throw this pile of trash out. So that's the hard part with stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so let us know. I mean, uh, if you got if you got any experience with that. So what's new with you, Orlando? Uh, real quick. I was wondering if, if the if, if Thomas Kincaid, is, is he still? No, he died. Okay. Yep. If he's still alive, you can. No, no, no. When he when he when he died, actually, that was when we were like. Oh man, I wonder if the value of that painting went up. That sounds really sad to say. That, no, but, but that's reality. Yeah. I mean, that's most because because so. what that does is that scarcity now, right? Yeah. There, there's not going to be more Thomas Kincaid paintings. Yeah. yeah. So all right, all right. Uh, you know, things have been going really well. Uh, it's eBay. I mean, and I say that in 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 kind of not like in the thing, and that I'm, I'm struggling here. It doesn't mean that sales are going through the roof. Like things are great. Like they were the first two weeks of January, but things have rebounded. Right. And so I I take comfort in the fact that (laughs) with eBay, even when you have those uh, times where, you know, you're like, it's the end of the world. I've only gotten one sale or I haven't gotten any sales. I guess I'm done being a full-time reseller. If you just keep listing, it'll eventually rebound. Right. If you build it, it will, you know, they will come. It's kind of the same, same idea that, you just you just got to keep listening. You got you got to trust some because, you know, right now it's kind of shaky times uh, economically. Right. We have we have a lot going on right now, uh, whether it's the health thing that's been happening, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to mention keywords. You know, why I don't want to mention keywords. 
it just triggers an algorithm. That, our uh, stuff has been getting pulled on, on Insta. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, awesome. I'll say words like deep, like our one YouTube debunking recently myths mm. pulled. Like, <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Right. Or we say the, the I word when money loses value mm. gets pulled. And I just don't want to get shadow banned. Anyways, it's scary. It's a real thing. Like it's been happening. There's so many posts that are not on our Instagram because whenever I try to post them, they just get pulled. And I'm like, I'm all right. I'm not going to try this. And I put them for review and Instagram just ignores them. So anyways, so yeah, sales have rebounded. Uh, and, you know, because I was kind of wondering, but I, like I said, we felt the same thing when the health issue first came up a couple of years ago. And, you know, there's always a market if you buy the things that people want to buy. Right. And so that's been great. I've been sourcing like there's no tomorrow. I have so much stuff I've been buying uh, just because this is the year that I want to up my business. I want to I want to grow now. But every year I've been growing, uh, you know, last year, I think I took more of a loss on the Amazon side because I decided not to list in December. I'm, I'm selling them now. So I've been selling a lot of those toys that I bought for good money now. Mm. Uh, and so that'll be interesting how that falls on my taxes. Cause you know, I'm, I'm claiming all the items that didn't sell as, as losses. And this year I'm going to sell them. So obviously I'm going to pay taxes for them here soon. So not here soon, but you know, the following year. Uh, so it's just been, it's just been this weird time because I'm finding that right now there is so much to source, mm. like so much to source that I have to stop myself from sourcing. Cause I literally, I've said this before. For eBay, you could source 24 hours a day. And I know a lot of people say that's impossible. I'm telling you, if you really wanted to, if whether it's you wanted to go on eBay and source on eBay, go on Mercari, local deals, thrift stores, auctions, garage sales, rummage sales, you know, you could source 24 hours a day. And uh, right now I've been buying like crazy. I've been able to do some crazy, you know, super profitable uh, local deals. Uh, if you caught our video uh, that we dropped this last Saturday when I went to garage sales, that was that was wild. And in that video, guess what? The first guy, if, if, if you haven't caught it, you should catch it. Go over to YouTube, subscribe, hit that like button. Hit the like button on this podcast, by the way. Uh, the first person I bought a bunch of stuff from was a reseller. Mm. And I get all the time people that say, you know, you should never go try to buy from resellers. But I'm telling you, resellers to me are some of the most profitable hauls. And the reason being is one, they know the cost of what they bought. And they know that if you're a reseller, there's no way they're going to be able to sell it to you at eBay prices. Right. I, I mean, have you met a reseller that I, and there are, there are, I would say more on, on the, on the flea market swamp meat side. There are people that try to sell it at like eBay prices, but generally eBay resellers, when they're trying to offload inventory and they know you saw on eBay, they, they get it. Like there's no way they're going to get eBay money for it. On top of that, this is stuff that they just want to get rid of. It's been sitting around for a while. Uh, they're just done with it. And so they're willing to offload it. And here's the best part about buying from other resellers is everything's already been handpicked. Right. You don't have to go pretty much like I bought a bunch of clothing and I didn't have to research any of it. I knew all of it was money. And so uh, it was a huge haul. Check it out on YouTube. It, it was it was a great buy. So, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good time. Things have been going well. Again, I love selling on eBay way more than I do on on Amazon just because I feel like it's, it's a treasure. Right. Yeah. And and even all the stuff I bought from this reseller. It was vintage goods. And this is, I'll, I'll say one more thing. This is why it felt really good. 
if you remember last update on the podcast, I had talked about how I got up later and I missed out on those 20 Harley shirts that have haunted me ever since. So if you catch the YouTube, I got up at 5.15 in the morning, got ready, got my kid ready. And man, we were there 45 minutes before the garage sale opened. No one was there. And what was beautiful was the person didn't put the address. They just put the street they're on. Right. So, you know, with my detective skills, I was able to locate the home. Sure enough, it was it was 620 in the morning. It was, the garage sale didn't start till seven. And I'm like, hey, too early? Like, nah, come on over. And man, I had 20 minutes all to myself to look at whatever I wanted without, you know, and then everybody showed up and then I was like, all right, let's make a deal. So anyways, all right. Uh, before I move on, I uh, just wanted to say, hey, if you have not uh, joined us on Patreon, we'd love for you to help us out. Uh, we do not have a paywall. Our goal with the Patreon is to be able to produce more content uh, because the, you know, the funds that come in through Patreon give us more time that we can kind of offset our losses from not reselling, not listing, uh, and also the time we take away from our families to the podcast. And so the more people that join us on Patreon, the more content, you know, Mike and I used to do two podcasts, full podcasts a week. And we, we scaled back just because we found that it was, it was affecting our business. It was affecting our, our family time. But if we, you know, if we get enough, you know, support, it's definitely something we'd like to bring back uh, just because, you know, again, we're about reselling, but we're also about quality of life. Right. And we want to enjoy time with our families. We want, <laughs> we don't want to be reselling uh, 24 hours a day. And so if you haven't joined us yet, go to patreon.com slash podcast or the link below. Uh, there's different tiers. And in the future, we look to, we look to uh, do more with those tiers. And so, you know, whatever way you can help us, whether it's the five fifty five a month, the 10, some people have signed up for the $10 a month. Uh, there's actually another tier above that, which I don't expect many, but if you do, you do. We're grateful for it. And by the way, thank you uh, to all of you that have just gone straight to our PayPal and just said, hey, here's my subscription. I don't care. We just want to help you out. And uh, we just had somebody recently just dropped <laughs> basically a year's worth and just said, here, we want to help you out. So again, patreon.com slash Pierce podcast. Uh, go to the link below. Yeah. All right. Random stories, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, a couple. So uh, I've, I've been talking a lot recently about trying to sell the fifth wheel, um, our, the RV that we have. And it's it's been crazy with the you know amount of people who've come to look at it and just things like nothing has worked out yet. And we've had a couple of really close calls, um, but I'm kind of proud of the way I negotiated a recent almost deal. Um, but there were some things that came up that uh, that that just made me uneasy about it. So a guy calls me. Uh, and says, Hey, like, I'd like to, and he gives me a kind of a long story about why he's wanting it and whatnot. Um, but essentially it was, he wanted to buy it for about $9,000 less than I had it listed for. Right. Okay. And I have some wiggle room in my listing price. And so not that much though, like okay. maybe 4,000 wiggle room. And so basically I used some of the methods. He kind of lowballed, anchored me at a certain spot. So I gave him my anchor, right? My, my low and my high. It's like, here's what I've got it listed for. Um, I, I could take $4,000 less than that. And so then he came back um, with, okay, I'm, I'm ready to buy it. I'll come tomorrow and buy it, but I want to buy it at the $9,000 less. And it's like, hey, thank you. I appreciate that, you know, you're interested. Kind of a jerk move. I mean, not really. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it's not. I mean, if it is a long story. I didn't want to go into the whole okay, okay, thing okay. behind it. But um, he basically said, like, here's what I could do. Like, let me know if this works for you. Feel free to say no. So, um, you know, I respond back and it's like, hey, thanks. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, the lowest we can do is this number. 
Uh, that's the best we could do on it. Um, and he's like, what about you meet me halfway? And it's like, well, no, like I, this is, this is the rock bottom. Like my, I, I, we listed it at this price. So we'd have room for negotiation. I'm giving you literally the best price I can give you. Um, but you know, Hey, hopefully you can find one that works for you, you know? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Let me talk to my wife and I'll see. So he calls back. He's like, okay, I could do it. I'm going to come tomorrow and I can pick it up if everything checks out with it. Um, but I'm going to, I'll bring you and it's a Sunday. So it's Saturday when we're talking on the phone, Saturday night. So he'd be coming Sunday and he goes, I'll bring you, um, a business check for my business. And I'm not accepting a check, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going to accept a personal check. I'm not going to. So I'm like, hey, like, so glad you're wanting to come look at it because he's three hours away. Like, he's going to have to drive quite a ways to get here. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, but I'm I'm going to need something besides check. Like, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need it can't be on a Sunday because we're going to have to go to a bank and you're going to either have to get this check cashed with me there mm-hmm. or have your bank draw up a cashier's check yeah. at your bank. Like, those are my only options or or give me cash. And he's like, I can't I mean, I can't I can't do cash. I can't right now. I can't pull out the cash because it's a Sunday. And his story is that he is locked in a business contract. He's in like a certain business where he's going to be busy for the next three weeks. He's like, I'm not going to be able to get out there. It's six hours of my day, three hours driving there, three hours back. Sunday's literally in the next three weeks. The only time I can do this. So he's putting a lot of pressure on me, like take the check. Like I'm, I, I'm literally coming with the check tomorrow. And I have to say no, because, and, and he's offering everything he's, I mean, and, and I'm sure he's a, a nice guy. Like, I don't know. Like I'm not accusing anybody of, of fraud or anything like that. He's offering, and maybe you guys listening might think I'm, I'm foolish for not doing this, but he's like, I will leave you my, my, my driver's license. I will leave you two of my credit cards. I'll leave you my social security card. You can mail it back to me when the check clears. Um, but I, I could show you uh, my bank statement that the money's in there. See, I would say that sounds too good to me. That's sure. what I'm saying. So that was where I'm like, okay, he seems desperate to come tomorrow and get it. And he's got lots of reasons why it's got to be tomorrow. And he'll leave me everything um, and I'll mail it back to him. And that's where I'm like, okay, this, I, I appreciate you being willing to do that. And that's where it's really hard because it puts me in a spot where I have to tell a person who potentially could be a legitimate buyer of mm-hmm. something I've been trying to sell at the price I was hoping to get for it. No. You know, and, and that, that puts me in a really tough position because because I don't want to one insult him and then potentially lose a future deal. So I, I basically had to say like, well, if it doesn't sell in the next three weeks and you get some more time, like we could work something else out, but I, I cannot do a check. And so, I mean, let me know down below in the comments, if you've done like a really big sale, we're talking like, like, you know, over $50,000 here. So this isn't like a, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Okay. We can, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take your driver's license, but I don't know this person from Adam. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know what's forged, what's real. I don't know. Is your, you can write a business check, but I don't know. Is your business about ready to go into bankruptcy? Are you currently in bankruptcy? Are you, I don't know anything about that. Have you, has your wife left you and you're hoping to like take this somewhere and then I'll never get it back. And this, I mean, I don't like, there's so many, up, like, I don't yeah. know anything about this person. So, you know, if you were my best friend, you know, sure. I could, I, I'd be willing to, to, to work a deal like that, but. Or it's, uh, if it was somebody in the community that somebody could vouch for. Right. You know, so. And the fact is, I would be put in such a bad position, even if I, you know, the the check bounces, he stole it, but I've got his ID. Like, what am I going to do? Show the police like this is the person who did it, even if they found it and it wasn't trashed or destroyed. And again, I'm not saying any of this would happen, but this is what's running through my head. If 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 it's like, okay, we've got your fifth wheel, the police are going to impound it. I don't have a truck for it right now because we got rid of the truck. 
So like, how am I going to drive down three hours away from me to go pick this thing up? I'm going to have to pay somebody. So I'm like, the potential headache is just too great right now. I'm not that desperate to sell it. But I was still proud of myself for the negotiation, right? Like I could have, there was multiple times where, I mean, we're talking at one point, you know, because I, I like he was about $5,000 less from my bottom, like was how low mm-hmm. he was. And so when he's like, meet me halfway, I mean, when you're talking over 50 grand, you're talking $2,500 and I'm willing to say no over that. Like yeah, yeah. that, I mean, I was negotiating pretty hard and it worked out in my favor. So I used a lot of the tips that we learned in the never split the difference. I got the number I wanted, uh, but there was just too much that was just didn't sit right with me. Now, listen, there's a reason why we're all given instincts. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you just don't feel right about it, just don't feel right about it. I mean, it, it will sell. Yeah, I mean, right? that's, that's, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you've had interest, but I mean, $50,000 isn't something that just like, I, I if it's like a hundred dollar item. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but 50K, like that, that's some serious yeah, money. That's and, a big deal. And yeah, I mean, listen, if you really wanted it, he would make it happen on Monday. I mean, that was my thought too. It's like, if, it, if this is. If, if you want it that bad, you'll figure out a way to make it work. You'll get one of your employees to cover for you for one day sometime during the week so you can go to the bank and pull out cash, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm still, I haven't completely written this guy off. Maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll get a phone call and he'll be yeah. ready to go with cash or, you know, with a cashier's check that gets verified at his bank. Like, I, no matter what, like, this has been one of the things I've worried about this is, you know, we've sold a car one time, you know, uh, private sale, but it was easy enough because they had... Bank of America. We had Bank of America. They wired it to us. It was like instant. Yeah. You know, it yeah, was I've like, done that before on, on huge halls. Yeah. yeah. So that wasn't a big deal. But when we're talking, when you're talking over 50 grand, like if they've got a different bank, we don't have a lot of banks where I live. So like we're going to have to drive 45 minutes, potentially 30 minutes to get to your bank. I'm going to have to have the, the, you pull the money out or get the cashier's check verified there. You can't just bring it to me and me assume it's not forged because I don't know, you know, and even cash, like my, my brother-in-law recently sold an RV and that's what they did is they took the cash to the bank and the deal they made with the guy was, I want the teller to check all this money to make sure it's not counterfeit. Then I will hold the money. You will hold the, the, the deed to the vehicle and we'll drive back to the house and then we'll, you know, sell, we'll do the finish the sale. Right. But I, I'm not even going to hand the money to you to take it. Cause how do I know you're not switching it with counterfeit? So it's like, it's a whole thing. Like, I'm like, man, how do I do this? So um, I mean, that's why it kind of makes sense that there's escrow companies when it comes to big sales. Cause yeah. How do you verify things like that? It's so scary, especially when it's like a big cash deal. I wonder how that'll go with blockchain where it's supposed to eliminate all that. Well, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, man, I wonder what's another option. Like maybe, maybe we do Bitcoin. Like maybe I say like, Hey, um, do you got a, a cryptocurrency uh, wallet? Just transfer the money into Bitcoin. Send me the Bitcoin. I'll transfer it into cash. We'll do the sell that way. Yeah, you know? once you once you get it through Bitcoin, it's yours. Yeah, it's it's mine. It's so um, that that was one thing I was considering potentially doing. But the hard part with that is I'm hoping to use this as a down payment for a house. And our our the person that we're talking to for um, what is it, our loan our loan person that's going to approve us on the loan the underwriter basically said that whatever money we get for this we have to be able to show like. The, the whole process of it coming from the buyer to us, to our bank account, to account for the money. Cause the, you, you can't get a home loan. If you have a bunch of money in your bank, you can't show where it came from. Cause they don't know if mm-hmm. it was like a, 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 a like a unofficial loan. Like if somebody gifted you money, <laughs> but you have to pay it back. And then now unofficial, the bank. What a way to say it. So yeah, yeah, I get it. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of loopholes. So it's like, man, if all of a sudden I've got this big cryptocurrency, but then I'm like, no, but the cryptocurrency adds up to the same amount here, minus the transaction fees, minus uh, the Bitcoin actually dropped, you know, 0.3% in the time between I got it. And I sold like, I don't know, man, it just seems 
it's going to be a nightmare. But the the shorter story that I have and a lot of negotiating this week is I'm starting to sell a camera on OfferUp and I know it would sell on eBay like within a few days. It's not a big deal, but I've kind of wanted to sell this uh, locally instead. One, because it's just cash. And then two, because I don't want to deal with the big eBay fee, right? That's the main reason is I could sell this camera for $300 on eBay, but by the time I pay for shipping and by the time I do the eBay fee, so my thought is this is a sought after enough camera that I should be able to sell it for about the same as I could sell it on eBay locally and not have to worry about the shipping and the eBay fees. And I'm actually going to walk away with like 40 to $50 more in my pocket. So I'd like to sell it locally. And I had one person reach out and and it's like basically a little under 300. And the person reached out and their, their response to me was 100. That's all they said, 100. Or I'd like to buy it for 100, right? So my response at this point, I mean, that's just so much lower. It's yeah. almost insulting that my response was just no. And I left it there. And then like two weeks later, they responded back 100 question mark. So I responded back. Um, I think it's like up for 290. So it's like 289.99. And then <laughs> his response, the counter- his response was seems a bit high. Don't you think, sir? And I did. <laughs> I was like thinking of all these funny witty things I could say back, but it's like, I'm not even going to respond to it because I know what it's worth. I know what I could sell it for. Uh, and that's one of the things too is you can't you can't be offended when people lowball you because and the reality is no, sometimes we lowball we lowball yeah. people you know what yeah. I mean that's it's part of the game and maybe he's a reseller and he knows he can get what I'm getting for it so he's trying to get it that's where his profit margin is so I don't blame the guy but uh, no I'm not releasing it for that because I'm a reseller and I know what I can get for it yeah I agree I agree all right so I got a, just a couple ones a quick one to just get out of the way do you remember when I had mentioned I, I sold that uh, vintage uh, Hot Wheels and the person claimed that it was fake mm. and that it was damaged? Yep. Yeah, that person didn't follow through on the return. Mm. Case closed. Kept my hundred and fifty dollars. And again, I, this is I reiterate this that having a free returns policy helps a lot. Not just returns, free returns because what you're showing eBay is that you're doing things in good faith. Now, I'm not saying it's for everybody, right? If you sell huge household items. You know, sometimes doing free returns probably is not a good idea because it's going to cut into your bottom line. But I know for me, I mainly sell clothing. I sell collectibles, uh, but the collectibles aren't huge. And so, you know, I take the hit on the free returns. Uh, but I will say if this ever got to the place where the person was like, you know, this is fake and they and they sent it back and they're trying to give me negative feedback and all that, I know I would have been fine. And I knew I knew that this person was not going to send it back. I think they were trying to do a switcheroo. Uh, but in the end, it all worked out. Case closed. Get my money. All good. All right. So just want to update you guys on that. Now, this story. So those of you that caught the YouTube that I just dropped, I call this guy the running man. You know what I'm talking about? That's a good about. movie. <laughs> so this is a lesson to to always expand your niches because or your niches, whatever you want to call it. Because, and this guy, you know, a lot of people got upset. I knew they're DMing me about the video and, and some people commented on, on YouTube. You know, I went to garage sales early. The gates, you know, I talked to the person. I'm like, hey, when do you guys open? They're like, we're opening now. I'll open the gates. And the, the guy kind of cut me off and just like took off running. And his whole thing was like, do you have any video games? Do you have anything? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, bro, like, number one, like, you're annoying the people that are selling this stuff, right? Because they don't like being bombarded. Second, you're annoying me, but you know, I've done this long enough that I'm like, all right, whatever, man, like that, that's your thing. And you know, this guy missed out on major problem. The first garage sale, 
you know, he was there and and he did. He beat me to a, a console kind of deal thing that portable that, you know, that they were selling for uh, 15 bucks and it flips for like 150. So I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, OK, the, I got to respect the hustle. The guy beat me to it. I was, you know, I was probably going to pick it up, too, but, you know, whatever. And the second garage that we go to, same thing. Pulls up his car, like up to the driveway, gets out. You guys have any video games, any any items here? You know, I'm just looking for games. Sorry, I know that, but that's how the guy talked. And the lady, the the, the lady running the garage sale looks at me like, who is this dude? Like, you have to understand, like, when you look crazy, you cut down your chances of a good deal, right? Because now you have to get over another obstacle. If you're smooth and, and you show that you care about people like, hey, good morning, how are things going? You know, if you make that connection with people, chances are you're going to get a way better deal, way better deal. So this guy looked everywhere and then there are no video games and he left. And I'm like, man, this guy, if he only took the time to learn. Right. And again, do I sound like I'm trying to be like, am I, am I sounding like I'm better than this person? No, I mean, everybody's got their own style. Okay. I, I'm not trying to say I'm better than this person, but this, this individual definitely missed out. So if you watch the YouTube, I picked up an inflatable thing and that, which I'll share later. So it was easy over a hundred bucks. I paid $2. There was a holiday village thing. Paid $3 sells for over 200. I, there was this other item, another, another decoration collectible pay $2 sales for a hundred. Okay. Now I showed up to this garage show an hour after it was open. Cause I had already, I had already, you know, g- gone down the other routes. If they just took the time to just research, they would have missed out on profit. So yeah. Did I miss out on that gaming console system and at the garage show before where he cut me off? Sure. Did I end up winning more at the end? Yes. And so what I'll say is this, you, you know, you've seen these guys. The, the best ones are the ones that are in their cars mm. and they do drive by yelling like, hey, yell. you got any Legos over there? Oh, no. OK, bye. Yep. And it's like, bro, you're missing out on so much profit. Yeah. But you also have to remember, like, it depends. It depends on on their model. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think they're definitely missing out on profit. But like I'm getting to the place now where I hate selling clothing. I mean, I like mm. shipping clothing, but I hate taking pictures of it. So I do probably miss out on a lot of clothing, but I just don't spend as much time looking through it. So for some people, like, I mean, some people probably go places and they're buying tools and automobile parts and you're passing on that stuff. A hundred percent. So, so they might be like this guy over here, this reseller thinks he's cool because he bought an old, you know, inflatable thing. And, <laughs> you know, he totally passed up on this old car part or, you know what I mean? And oh, so I agree. I so agree. it really just, that, that's what I mean. I don't, I'm not saying I, I'm better. Like, no, I know, but I agree to that. The people who do that, I mean, because it's fine if that's your niche. Like, if you're like, I only do video games. I know video games. I like. To I love it. I like we to probably song. have listeners that do that, and now, like, let us know in the comments. Are you one of those people? I just think it's. I mean, but maybe there is some some value to like. I think it is annoying with the people who just drive up real quick, especially because like I'm in the middle of like making a deal, and somebody's like yelling from their car, like, "Hey, do you have any Legos?" But uh, the the reality is, I mean, maybe it's time efficient for them. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. I I don't feel rushed. And the reason I don't feel rushed is because there's so much. I remember I used to like, like, you know, it bothered me that I missed out on those 20 Harley shirts. Right. But I knew that I'd rebound. Right. There's so much opportunity. And maybe maybe that person only had those three hours on a Saturday morning to go sourcing. And that's it. You know, who knows? Who knows the story? 
But I will tell you, as far as negotiation goes, I have not seen those people. And like, I've seen those people go and and what happens is the moment. So it's kind of like poker, right? When you when you go in into a garage sale, you can't show all your cards right now. Showing your cell phone and and like you're looking up on eBay. I don't think that's showing a card anymore. I think everybody, you know, who has a smartphone has access to it. So, you know, it's not a big deal. Like even that garage sale. So not only that, I picked up, I think, like 100 CDs and DVDs for five bucks. Right. And the guy saw me. I was actually recording uh, for the YouTube. Mm. But, he's, but I was also looking up stuff. He's like, hey, what are you doing on that phone over there? I'm like, oh, I'm just checking out prices, you know, just seeing what things are going for. I still got the deal, yeah. right? But when you go in and you're just looking for one thing, you're showing your card, right? And and that, you know, individual that's selling stuff goes, huh, this person really wants this item and you may knock yourself out of a deal. That's why I'm a, I'm a big believer. Like if there aren't a lot of, if there's really nobody at a garage and you see something valuable, pick it up, look at it and put it down or bundle it with a couple of other or bundle things. a couple of, like don't don't make it look like you're you know you're like oh i need to get you just this. found your holy grail yeah yeah you know be smooth about it like you know have a conversation about the day talk about the morning you know talk about you know whatever football game that's happening and like distract yeah, poor, poor, poor 49ers man i felt oh that was awful oh just stop Wasn't it I? just stop i know like i'm a 49er after, fan so it was rough incredible victory. are you yeah i didn't know that well, I mean, I don't really watch football. I okay. I probably watch like one football game every yeah. year or two. Uh, but like my dad is a diehard 49er fan. So yeah. I grew up wearing like the gold satin starter. Yeah, I'm a Niner guy from back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and her after seeing them beat the, the Cowboys and the Packers and then this game, this yeah. game. This is not a sport podcast though. So well, I know. Sorry. Playing. Anyways. But hey, by the way, if you do have Niners, uh, you have Rams gear, you probably should list it higher. Yeah. Yeah, so, just saying that. And or Bengals. Or Bengals. Does anybody have Bengals gear? My, uh, I have a friend. <laughs> my, my, one of my close friends is the only Bengals fan I've ever met in my life. And, uh, and gosh, I mean, he, he was obviously ecstatic. But yeah, I mean, I sold a lot of Kansas City Chiefs stuff over the last. I mean, I guess this is kind of little bolos for you right here. But, um, and obviously raise the prices. I mean, that's about as close as I pay attention. It's like, okay, who's making it far into the playoffs? Let's start raising some prices. Uh, but I sold some Kansas City Chiefs stuff, but I don't even think I've ever seen Bengals stuff. At least in our area. There's not much. There's not much. I haven't seen it. So anyways, long story short, don't show your cards. Don't look too excited about certain items because I I do think it's going to hurt your negotiation tactics. All right. Hey, before we move on to our reseller topics, I want to talk about uh, one of our awesome sponsors, American Bubble Boy, uh, who always come through for us. And I know every once in a while, right? You know, they may drop the ball, but that's every business. That's I love it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I I, th- I think, you know, we all make our purchases and we want people to come through, but sometimes people drop the ball. And so to me, it's like, hey, you know what? Let's let's make this opportunity right. And I, I love it when they make it right, because in the end, it shows that they're about customer service. And, you know, as they're expanding, obviously, they're not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be the day where we're not going to have that, you know, great connection because maybe they'll get really huge and they'll have a ton of influencers uh, that they work with. But I know from my own experience, uh, the bubble wrap has been great. It's been a great price, fast shipping when I need it. So go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com. First time uh, buyers use our promo code Pierce podcast and you'll get a discount and go to the link below. Uh, Helps you out, helps us out again. uh, AmericanBubbleBoy.com link below uh, promo code pure hustle podcast. All right. Are we ready for our next segment here? Yeah. 
eBay sales are finally coming in for some of us. Amazon's doing things. We're going to garage sales. The reselling world continues to change. And we're going to talk about it. All right. So, hey, have you had uh, the new listing template pop up on your eBay? Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my wife. She's done all the recent listings that we've done. So, okay, okay. Yeah, it was pretty recent. Okay. So this past week, it is, it's only like a handful. And I don't know how they chose who gets it. There's somebody that said they had it for like six months already. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not, I don't feel that special. Uh, but, you know, as much as we we shared like how eBay is antiquated on certain things, and I do, I think, you know, there's a lot of 1990s websites and web pages on their site that needs to get updated. Uh, they still need to make sure that people pay when they, you know, get offers. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh I, I like how they're, you know, always looking to kind of streamline the listing process. And I do think this new template is going to help, especially with item specifics, because I will tell you one of the one of the things I hate the most right now about listing on eBay is item specifics. It is so time consuming. So uh, this new listing template has some good things. Okay, First of all, uh, you can now have video uh, on the listings and it'll make it the second a second picture on there and I'll put a video. My reservation about it right now is that it, it takes about 40 hours, 48 hours for it to review the video. Ooh. So I'm like, That's okay, rough. I want to sell this right away. Now I'm thinking, and you know, obviously there's only so many people like working it. I, I do wish and eBay for listening. I think it'd be great. Uh, by the way, should we share about how somebody um, sent the eBay for business podcast or hustle of the week? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> So, yeah, on eBay for body. I mean, we do obviously our hustles of the week where people send in hustle of the week uh, to us through the Instagram. They use the hashtag. Uh, and it's kind of been something we started. We started at the very beginning of our podcast and somebody sent in a hustle of the week to the eBay for business podcast. And we know that they meant I don't know if they 100 percent meant it for us, but it was in connection to our podcast because the guy signed off by saying uh, stay real and relevant. Okay, no, listen. So it's a January 18th episode. I, I don't want to play it on here, right? But basically, somebody said, I want to send in my hustle of the week. <laughs> and it was basically like everything we do on our episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, it went for Piero's podcast when they told Griff and the other coast, um, uh, uh, Brian Burke, to keep it real, keep it relevant. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, how did that happen? If, if that's you, let us know in the comments. Yeah, and send us your hustle of the week, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on our podcast too. We might play that hustle of the week from the eBay podcast on our next episode. I just thought it was hilarious. All right. Anyways, getting back to the listing template. So, what, what I was going to suggest is I, you know, I, oh, I was talking about eBay listening is like just allow the YouTube video that you we create on YouTube to be one of the, the one of the videos on there yeah because then you know that it's been reviewed through youtube i mean the obviously i mean the only thing i could imagine is they're worried about things something like nudity or something like that like someone putting that kind of stuff up um so youtube does a pretty good job uh, of censoring that type of stuff so I, I, that would help i mean it does make sense that they'd maybe want it in-house um because then they have complete creative control over the marketing of, of videos and all of that stuff but yeah i mean the the way i think about it is does it eBay, are they checking all the pictures? Yeah, I'm sure they are. I mean, it's got to just be a computer thing. They're probably checking yeah, the algorithm. Like yeah. certain. So it, it seems interesting to me that it would be that much more challenging for them to do video because essentially, I mean, it is a lot more because the video is essentially just a bunch of pictures, but they could probably every 
30 frames, just take a quick. So basically every second of video, they just take a snapshot and, and just treat those as pictures, right? Yeah, because I, yeah. if it's under a second, you're really not seeing anything anyway. So unless somebody's trying to like put subliminal messages in there by like, you know, flashing something inappropriate, but it, it just seems like a, a lot of effort if it's taken them 40 plus hours in order to get a video yeah, and, and maybe it wasn't 40 it said it takes 48 hours it did take more than 24 hours that's for sure it could be the upload and processing because i mean reality even youtube can be that way like when we upload a, a, a youtube episode we've done it long enough and we have a, a, a enough of a following that i feel like we have a little bit more priority but i have like some personal youtube accounts that i sometimes upload videos and i've helped other people set up mm. and when you're new to youtube and you're like lower on their like priority list it could sometimes be like hours and hours after you upload a video before it finishes processing because it kind of just goes into a queue. So yeah, I mean, it would, if, if all of a sudden they've got thousands of people listing videos and each one is, you know, 250 megabytes that you're talking a lot of data that their servers have to process. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I will say I liked it. It was, it was, it looked like, you know how you list on the phone, if somebody had commented uh, on our when I posted it on Instagram, it's 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 pretty much like listening on the phone. Mm. I mean, and they had mentioned at one time that they want to make the listings on the phone to be the same way you list on the desktop, and so it was it was like that. You start with the photos, and then after you do the photos, you put your title, and then after you put your title, then you go to item specifics, and then you know description, all that. So so it was great. It was it, I felt like it moved a lot faster though, because when I did pictures, they uploaded faster. Uh, my own specifics was pretty easy. Uh, I will say the one thing to be careful of is it carried over stuff. And this still happens on, on the desktop. It, if you do so similar, it carried some of the characteristics, which can cost you money. And what I mean is sometimes I don't know why people do this, but they'll put buy now a best offer, but they'll put a start time to it, which will cost you 30 cents or something. Right. Or sometimes people will do the bold titles, which I don't know why that is the worst. That's like a $4 fee or something. Right. And I've had it before where things are automatically new and I look at my bill and it's like, you spent $4 on a listing. I'm like, what? So be careful because I don't know how many million, I want to see millions that eBay makes off of people not noticing that. Right. And I hope it's not that much. That's crazy. Oh man. Think about it. I mean, if, if I've had 10 listings, that's like 40 bucks. That's one person but of, 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 of accidental. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's possible. I, I think, I think it's possible. At least a million is possible. Yeah, at least a maybe. million. So, but I thought it was great. Check it out. I, I do appreciate uh, eBay moving forward in this. Uh, and so, yeah, I was kind of excited to see the new uh, listing template. Hopefully it pops up soon. So, yeah. All right. So here's, here's for Amazon sellers. I, I, I think this is interesting. So Amazon is not getting, pe I'm finding they're not getting people as much and I could be wrong, but they're not getting people as much, but they're on the back end gating people. What I mean, what I mean is this. So every these last Q4s, you know, you've been able to sell a lot of toys, right? And and a lot of stuff that usually would be gated or, or products that wouldn't be ungated. Uh anyways, a lot of stuff has been ungated. But what happens is Amazon in January has been dropping all kinds of like we need compliance documents for this, compliance documents for this compliance documents for this. And then you're kind of stuck, right? Because uh, unless you have, you know, that compliance document, you can maybe wait for, I don't know if it'll work anymore like this, but you can wait for somebody to submit compliance documents or, and let us know in the comments, maybe if you have more clarity on this, 
but you unless you have an invoice or you have like you know the the data sheets it's very hard for you to come up with the compliance document so what i do is i just sell through everything like i sell through it all or i just pull it and i list it on ebay uh, but imagine if you're a new seller and you have all this inventory and out of nowhere you get this compliance documents uh, item that comes in your email. Whew, that's rough. And on top of that, Amazon is now being consistent about asking for insurance from people. I know a lot of people that are have been bombarded with the emails to provide insurance for Amazon. And if you're a new seller, you're going to go like, OK, is it worth it to me? Is it worth it? Me? You know, and it's it depends on your level. But, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month depending on how much you have, um, maybe more, maybe a hundred, maybe 200. I don't know. I am not that big on Amazon. Uh, but, and, and what I mean by I'm not that big is I keep my inventory super low and I don't sell risky. I don't sell baby items. I don't sell toddler items. I, I sell stuff that like, unless you really want to get hurt, <laughs> like, yeah, it, you know, I don't, I don't sell those kind of items. So just be aware of that because again, I've said this before, like it's real easy to fall into these courses, look at these TikToks, see all these people making Amazon, but there's a lot more tied into it. Yeah, a lot more. A lot of a lot of behind the scenes red tape paperwork you got to deal with. So yeah. Oh, and it, and and if yeah, unless you're willing to put in, you know, all the work to find all that stuff, it's it's kind of it's kind of tough to do, you know. So all right, so it looks like the next thing we're gonna talk about is uh, Goodwill has looks like they're remodeling some of their stores and they're trying to get some higher profit. So I imagine they're trying to go for more of that boutique look, right? That, uh, fancy look at us, fancy schmancy store. Yeah, is that, so, is that the, is that the, uh, the, the gist of it? So a few people sent, sent, uh, different articles about this. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things we already kn- knew was happening. Like it's not, it's not a shock that eBay is trying to, it's not a shock that eBay is trying to, uh, maximize their profits. We've already known that. And if you, if you don't know, understand eBay's trying to maximize their profits. So are you saying Goodwill or eBay? Oh, eBay's always trying to maximize, which yeah. is a good thing. We want them to because it gives well, as long as the profits aren't coming from us. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yes, I meant the store that shall not be named. I meant Goodwill. So their new CEO, uh, who I believe comes over from uh, Neiman Marcus, which already screams to me like this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so he came over and he, there's some things in here that were very telling as to, uh, what he wants to do. So, uh, he wants to give people a total retail experience, which kind of makes sense, right? If you go into some of these, uh, Goodwill stores, like, yeah, they, it doesn't look like a thrift store anymore. Right. It's like you said, boutique, right. The, the, there's rags out there. Like the decorations are different. It is definitely, definitely a different, uh, feel, but he, you know, his thing is, he says he wants to squeeze more value out of goods that are donated one bag at a time. He also wants to open more stores in neighborhoods convenient, both to people who donate to Goodwill and shop at its store. So what that screams to me is the prices are just going to keep going up. Yeah. I mean, that that's very worded. I mean, obviously the squeezing money, but opening stores where people shop, but the first part was where people donate. So the idea is they're going to be putting stores in wealthier neighborhoods because that's what they want is they want the higher end donations of stuff. I mean, I guess that's not true. I can't say wealthy because all the statistics that we have pretty universally show that uh, lower income and like middle income people tend to donate 
significantly more than wealthy individuals, mm. like as a whole. So it might not be like wealthy, wealthy neighborhoods. We're not talking like multimillionaires, but they're probably going to be putting in uh, Goodwills in the in the middle class, upper middle class neighborhoods, maybe hoping to get not just the the higher end stuff donated to them, but to have a, a customer base that would be, I mean, because we've seen thrift stores change over the years as far as you know, the idea of it, it almost being frowned upon or like that's just a place for the severely disadvantaged to it has kind of become trendy and popular to repurpose clothing and other items and for for people to be more, whether it's environmentally conscious or just, um, you know, to go get vintage things. So, yeah, it would make sense that that if they're hoping to open up in not the lowest income neighborhoods, but uh, more middle income neighborhoods, that, that that means prices are going up. Yeah. And, and he mentions that in Dallas. Uh, he's operating a chain of 17 Goodwill stores with an average transaction of $18 up from $15 pre-pandemic. $18 per item. Like that that's money. Like I would say here we're almost there. Or is this a transaction not item but that's still up? Yeah, I mean that's oh that's right. You're right. Cuz I mean it could be like, you know, a <laughs> I'm just shirt. getting flashbacks of when I go to the stores here. It like, could be like a shirt and a pair of shoes, but yeah, like it a lot of the boots and shoes and stuff could definitely be 15 to $30 for just one pair. So, yeah, it, yeah. It's pretty wild. So, so anyways, I, I thought it was interesting because again, I, I want to keep iterating. And one of my goals this year is to avoid thrift stores as much as possible, just as much as possible because there, there's better deals out there. And again, find the model that works for you. I'm not, I'm not mad. I mean, Goodwill does a lot of good things for the community. Right. They, they do provide jobs. They help people that normally wouldn't be able to uh, function in, in certain uh, workplaces. Uh, they, you know, they, they give back to a lot of the community. So, yeah. Do they are they a nonprofit that operates for profit? Yes. Do they use that profit to help communities? Yes. I wonder how how much that's going to change, though, to that model, because like. And again, I'm not saying that that I, I don't know anything about behind the scenes stuff at Goodwill. But I'd imagine if they're opening up in an upper middle class neighborhood and they're wanting to have a nicer, ritzier store that looks more like a boutique, are they going to be putting the same employees in there that they would put in their lowest income neighborhood? I hope Goodwills? so, man. I hope, oh, that's what I'm that, saying. That, I hope would be, so too. that would be just messed up. But that's my fear is like, Oof. are they moving towards a look at how fancy we are as opposed to what the original at least stated mission is? Yeah, that's... That would be just, or do they say like, Hey, this is our good store. So we're going to put our best employees here. Right. Like that, that, that scares me. Cause Ooh. that would be to me, that would be the icing on the cake of the problems I have with goodwill. That, that would, that would, I mean, being someone who has, you know, a family members that are, you know, delayed and, and not able to get mm -hmm. regular jobs, like that would, that, that would, that would bother that me. That would sting. Yeah. That would, and again, so I, I'm not saying that because they're doing it. Because maybe I could be totally but, wrong. But I, I see your, I see your reasoning. Like, is that possible? Sure, it is. Sure, it is. So, anyways, uh, yeah, find other ways to source. All right. Um, so that's all I got for reseller topics. I know it's kind of slim, but we did spend a lot of time yeah. at other stories. So, yeah. oh, good. Hey, uh, real quick before we move on, if you haven't been following us on social media, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And TikTok, we are Pearsal Podcast. Um, yeah, and follow us on all three because you never know. We may get banned one day. Yeah, I don't we know. get shadow banned for talking about inflation. Inflation. <laughs> uh, also, we are uh, Pearsal Cast on Twitter. If you haven't yet, you could always uh, give us a call and you know leave us a hustle a week or a question 
or Bolo 619-738-1170 yeah 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at prsopodcast at gmail.com that's prsopodcast at gmail.com you know what I was thinking like I know it's cool that we live read um, you know the the social media and stuff every yeah. episode but maybe we need to like record this as like a commercial and it's like and now time for our social media info and then we just hit the button and then we just like dance in the background or I put like a screen up that like has like something like a, I don't know like the old dancing baby or something with like our, our social media <laughs> that's when you know the podcast has gone on too long when we start having ideas like but maybe did but, you say dancing baby yeah you remember that old like that's such chuck, old chuck, like that oh my goodness man I remember those days all right um yeah you could also uh if you haven't yet uh and you're listening to this podcast jump on over to youtube subscribe to our channel hit that bell notification and smash that like button and as always we're always grateful for the itunes reviews helps us in the algorithm gets more listeners uh to come our way appreciate all of you uh that continue to listen from day one or maybe just started beginning of the new year uh just grateful for all of you all right are we ready yeah Okay. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah, bolo. So what's your bolo? So um, I kind of thought about this looking at one of the items in your inventory. I don't want to call it a death pile because I think you just recently picked this up. Uh, but I see a, a KitchenAid there. I have a feeling it'll probably end up in a death pile. Uh, but it, it looks like that, that's my second kitchen. I have another one in my kitchen that's yep, been around for yep, six yep, months. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not wrong there. Um, but it, it kind of sparked a like just a reminder that. I, I could tell that's an older KitchenAid. Uh, it's not in perfect. So he's talking condition. about standing mixers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a old KitchenAid standing mixer, like one of the like the nice, you know, the ones that everybody wants in their kitchen if you you do any kind of cooking. But I've sold those. I've sold pieces of KitchenAid. I've sold KitchenAid accessories. I've sold um, uh, Vitamix. I've sold Vitamix like components, like just the 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 cup part or just a blade portion. So. I bring this up because there is definitely money to be made in older used kitchen appliances if they are high quality, high end, because these are things that are built really well. And if you've got a, even if it's like you only have a part of it, right? So you've got a KitchenAid, uh, but you don't have the bowl, or maybe you have the mixers, but you don't have the <clears> KitchenAid <throat> part. Things go wrong. People have issues and people are going to want to have uh, a spare part. People might only need the main mixer unit. They might need just the bowl part. So you can do really well with these types of, of things. And so don't pass them up. Now, obviously, if you see a nice KitchenAid and it's got its box and it's only a couple of years old, you're going to have a hard time picking that up for a decent price at a garage sale. But mm -hmm. sometimes you look at things, even like some of the Starbucks machines or like the coffee making machines. We see those things. And if they're older and if it looks like, hey, this looks like it's actually not even complete, it's missing like three parts of it. Don't be afraid to pick those up. Be willing to look up not just what it sells for. Or like the ladle. That's what I'm saying. Like just yeah. the part that like goes in. That Is you it put, the ladle? I don't know what it's called. Um, yeah. I don't know. The coffee, the, the little part that the coffee actually goes yeah, into. Yeah, there's something. So different components of it sometimes can sell for a lot of money. And that actually could be a good way of doing it. You might pick up one that that is missing two or three parts, but you can part out three or four other things on it that are easier to ship, smaller items, and you can end up making more than you could make if you sold the whole unit complete. You never know. So um, don't be afraid to pick up older kitchen appliances if they're good brands, um, even if they're incomplete or in bad condition. Because, yeah, somebody might be like, I just need the motor or I just need this portion of of one. So I'm willing to, to, to buy it because I don't want to go buy a new one. And you, you'd be surprised. And sometimes, too, like even with like vintage audio equipment, like we've talked about in the past, sometimes 
Not always, because technology definitely gets better in certain areas, but sometimes they make things less quality. Like my father-in-law got my son for Christmas, a like a big wheel trike. Mm-hmm. And my son was so excited to get it. And I opened it up and I put it together and it was, it's, it's crappy plastic. Like it's just awful plastic. And they used to be made out of metal and the tires were made out of rubber. Like the, the tires were actually, the tires on this thing were plastic. And it's like the same price as the old metal ones. And sometimes the older stuff actually was built better. And so some people are just looking for, you know what? I'd actually rather have a 10 year old Vitamix because the motors last forever. Whereas the new ones they have. So you never know with that kind of stuff. Look it up. Don't pass up on it just because it doesn't look brand new and shiny. Yeah. And so just to break it down, you know, we're talking about kitchen, stand standup mixers. And the, the part I was talking about was a portafilter. It's called the portafilter. Mm. Like for the, like a Starbucks machine yeah, or like, like a 40 bucks just for yeah. that. Yep. Right. So that's a good polo. All right. So mine is one that I kind of knew about, but I, I didn't hit me until I went to this garage and I picked one up uh, and it's holiday inflatables. Mm. Now you have to be super selective, right? It's not all of them, right? So do your research. But if you see them like for two, three bucks, right? At a garage sale, uh, you know, it, it's worth it to to take the gamble, right? To pick it up. And as Mike said, maybe some somebody's looking for a part. I don't know what part they would look at an inflatable, but uh, I just need the Santa head. My Santa head. Yeah, broke. but how do you, how do you, like, do you rip it off the inflatable? That's yeah, my question. Yeah, and then you, you use flex tape. Flex well, so seal. for example, I was looking it up and some people have sold inflatables that they still have like a, they have a hole in it, but they like put tape over it and they'll still sell. Huh, nice. Right? So, I mean, they could go, there's some that are used that go for like two to $300. Crazy, right? So the, the one I picked up uh, is going from one fifty to two hundred. Brand new is three hundred. And is I it paid, a big heavy box though? It's it's six. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like a fifteen to twenty pound box. But people will pay the shipping, you know, if they yeah. want it. Uh, but you know, it, it. I I brought it home. I plugged it in, and it, and it worked. So keep an eye. Out. I know on the retail arbitrage side, these are big winners uh, on certain holidays uh, from certain stores. It just it, it's a gamble every time. Like you just got to, you just got to do the research, but definitely, you know, I would say if you're going to a garage sale or you see one at a thrift store, just check it out. It's kind of like those, uh, nativity, uh, blow mold. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, now I do. Now we do. Right. Where I can't, bl- I can't believe how many garage sales. Like we, I've seen those. And I'm like, Oh, it's probably trash. And I'm like, no, that's like a hundred dollars sitting there. So, so keep an eye. All right. Uh, before we move to the last segment of our podcast here, uh, I gotta tell you, School shiver keeps impressing me because lately I've been super busy and, you know, I like to keep my, my dome fresh and, and that school shiver 90 seconds. Sometimes it takes two minutes if I got a lot of hair, but I'm able to get a trim almost at razor. Yeah. And it's like, it's like getting a little head massage and everybody deserves a little scalp massage every day. I mean, really you deserve one every day. So give yourself a nice little massage and cut your hair at the same time. It's a win, win, win. There you go. So go to schoolshiver.com. Use our promo code. Use promo code PHP. I'll, I'll, I'll save you there. You sound like you're yawning yeah. mid mid. That's that's like that's like the uh, our sponsor's worst nightmare. You're like, <laughs> oh, up it's, it's been a long day. I've been but, getting a burlies. Yeah. Days. So anyway, school shaver PHP is the code, and uh, it lets them know that we sent you. You get a good deal. We get a good deal. We appreciate it. There you go. All right. So what are you looking forward to in this next week? Uh, I actually should have brought this up earlier um, because this is not exactly resale related, but it's kind of podcast related. So I'm hoping I'm looking forward to this one. So 
last time we met for the podcast, you had checked our Pure Hustle podcast uh, mail address. Sometimes people send us some stuff. And somebody sent us a oh, right. somebody sent us a board game from Kickstarter. And there was no information like who it came from. And we've looked through emails. And we can't find like who did anybody say they were going to send us something. And it was addressed to Pure Hustle podcast. And it's a pretty cool board game. I haven't played it yet, but I took it out and I looked at the components and I looked at the company and it was a, a pretty small Kickstarter. And I was able to find the owner's company of the company he had a, a YouTube and he was showing like like the concept of the game. So I commented on his YouTube channel. I'm like, hey, somebody sent us you know, the game. I'm not sure if it was you or one of our listeners, but uh, and he said it must have been one of our listeners. So if you are the listener who sent Pure Podcast a Kickstarter board game, like we're super stoked, but we want to say thank you. Like we want to, because I know I've talked about board games and doing Kickstarters. I made a video on that. So um, if that's you, we want to give you like some a shout out, some credit, um, you know, whatever. I mean, we're just thankful. So, yeah. uh, and again, if, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully finding out who it was because I want to be able to say thank you. Uh, and then, um, you know, that's just a reminder too, that we do have a mailing address. If, uh, you know, people have sent us, you know, things that, that they've, you know, we have a new into. one. So we'll have to update it. Oh, okay. Wherever we put it. Yeah. So put, put the new one in the, we'll put it in the, uh, in the thing. So if you want to, we've had people send us like their companies like hats, you know, they yeah, make somebody stuff. Sent us and, decals. Yeah. Time. So, I mean, it's like, just really yeah. cool. I mean, uh, we don't really have like a, a specific like segment where we do like people mail and stuff, but if, if you want to mail, if we had a ton, we would. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, I mean, I'd love to like just open stuff up, you know, are we, are we like just, I'm not trying to shill right here. I'm just saying like, I mean, that's what, this is what's coming across. Like, I'm just like, gimme, yeah. gimme, gimme. But what I'm saying is like, it's cool that when people send us something yeah, like agreed. I want, I mean, cause I know some people's love language is, is gifts. Like my wife, she's into gifts, but the thing is it's not even like getting gifts. She loves giving gifts. Like that's how she shows she appreciates somebody. She gets gifts for them. But that's cause that's, if that's her love, language. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if we've got listeners who are like, they just like, that's the, the way they, I'm, I'm not saying for me, like, I mean, I'm fine if nobody sends us anything, but like, they might be like, man, I just wish Pierce podcast had a way I could send them something. All right. There you know? go. So we'll put, we'll put the address in the description below. Yeah. So, okay. I was like, I mean, that totally came across. Like I'm just like a shilling, but anyways, thank you to the, to the person. Yeah, no, who sent I appreciate us that game. No, all the stuff we've gotten over the time. It's been awesome. So, all right. So, you know, my I'm still on my goal of seeing how long I can go without, you know, going to thrift stores because I, I really don't care. And I know a lot of people say, Orlando, why do you go to pallets? Uh, why don't you, you know, buy Gaylords and all this? But, I, I you know, I, and there's a little bit of treasure home with the Gaylords, uh, but I, I just like getting out there. Like, I, I man, if all I did is sit around home and wait for stuff to come to me, I, I'd be bored out of my mind. Like, I love getting out there. I love connecting with people. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more garage sales. and. My goal, and I know I feel sad. You know how long it was since I made this goal? It was back in 2020. I wanted to get to 3,000 listings, and Oof. I never made it. Oof. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. And you've got the death files, man. You could be there. No, I have the amount of inventory to easily go over 3K. Uh, unfortunately, my helper has been sick for a little bit, so that's kind of slowed down my listing process. Uh, but I, I need to get there. Like I said, this is the year where I up my, I scale my business even more. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm on a property where I could definitely build out and I can, I could do so much more. And so I want to, I want to get there. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Just looking forward to not only, uh, you know, more sourcing, but more listing. So I know that sounds weird, but Hey, you get, if you want to build, that's how you do it on eBay. So, that's what I'm looking forward to.
All right. Hey, thank you to all of you that have listened the whole way through. Thank you for all your support. As always, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're not subscribed, hit that like button and help us out by supporting us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash podcast. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Lates. Peace.